This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, T.J., I am disappointed. Look at my wounds after, I'll, I'll say this, a great college football game on Saturday. If you take out allegiances, obviously mine of the maize and blue, and you just look at that game, you say that was a that was a great college football game. However, I can't take out my allegiance and it hurts. <laughs> it does. And you're right, man. If we're watching that game and, and Alabama and Georgia play a game like that, oh. I mean, you know, it might be game of the year type stuff, right? What it was it in two thousand nineteen? When LSU and Joe Burrow, they're having the season that they're having. They played Alabama. I think it was one versus two. And everybody was talking about, you know, how the buildup for that game. This, are Michigan and Michigan State on the uh, the level that LSU or Alabama was that year? No. no, no. But it was two, I thought, very evenly matched teams. Um, you know, strengths and weaknesses all put together. I thought they were two teams that were very well matched. Um, and there was a big lead that obviously Michigan had 16 points. Um, wasn't able to salt the, you know, salt the game away. Uh, weren't able to get first downs. Weren't able to score in the red zone. I mean, there's a bunch of different reasons why Michigan lost that game. And there's just as many reasons as why Michigan State won that game. But the plays in, involved, and nobody thought at the beginning of the game, and I was standing right looking down the line of scrimmage on the, you know, the first third down that Michigan had after the, 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 the interception, yeah. and Andrew Anthony caught the ball probably five, ten yards away from me, and I saw the, the, the Seas part. Nothing but green grass. Nothing but green grass. <laughs> and, I, and, and I was standing there with Charles because uh, he was in town for the Fox broadcast, and we went nuts. It was a great moment and, and, and a, for a great kid, too. You know, born and raised in yeah, East Lansing, freshman, goes man. to breakout Ann Arbor, game. breakout game in that game. 
um, 93 yards for a touchdown. It was a great moment. And there were there were other moments of excitement like that for both teams. Yeah. But at some point, Michigan's got to figure out how to how to finish out games. Um, and you know what? You, you get 16 points. You know you've got a player on the other side in Kenneth Walker yeah. that is a stud. And going into that game, I had some question marks because against Nebraska, uh, I had talked about it all week, 61 yards against Indiana, against good defenses. He didn't have the explosive capability that we saw against Northwestern, that we saw against other, you know, against Rutgers when he ripped off that that 90-yarder. But that dude he made me a believer after that game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's I know sometimes it's hard to give credit to the other side, but um, Kenneth Walker, Ben, he he's an amazing player. I mean, they put the game on his back. He he answered, you know, he answered the bell. He showed up. Um, How does he win the Heisman? But, well, I, I think he still has to do it against Penn State, and but there's four games left, right? Yeah, he's I got mean, Penn State and Ohio State. That's their right, big matchup. Then you matchup. have Maryland and Purdue this weekend. Yeah. So, um, listen, I, I think if he keeps going down this road and he has big games against Penn State and, and Ohio State, I, I think he's the front runner. And I don't think I'm saying anything crazy there. I mean, you no. just you just have 197 yards, five touchdowns uh, against a top ten opponent. Um, he, he's I think he silenced everybody that had the questions about well he didn't do it against Nebraska, well he didn't do it against Indiana. Well, you got a top ten team. Michigan's we're not calling them frauds for losing the game, but they're they're still a pretty damn good team uh, to have that kind of success in that moment. Uh, national TV, yeah, <laughs> biggest game of the week. I mean, that was. That was that 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 might have been his Heisman moment when mm-hmm. you look back in a month from now and say what really catapulted him. Now he's still got to finish the season. Everybody knows that, and hopefully uh, he doesn't get injured or anything like that. He seems like a great kid and obviously a great player. But th- I think that was a statement game for him, and I think that that's something that um it, it was just impressive. It was impressive to watch and. At the same time, it's also painful because watch rewatching the game again mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, you know, I think on his first 120 yards he had, like 70 of them came after contact. And if you're, you know, Michigan fan watching through Michigan glasses or whatever, I mean, it, there's so many plays where it's like just, just wrap them up, dude. I mean, how many times did they have them at the line of scrimmage, kind of bottled up and? Uh, you know, he just kind of slips loose, and there he goes. And then a couple other ones, you know, you could throw that on coaching. I mean, trying to sub in guys in and out, and I think there were two touchdown runs where Michigan wasn't set. And, yep. you know, they got a little bit out coached in that category. Not not, not to take anything away from Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. He was absolutely uh, unstoppable. Yeah, and, and so I'll ask you this question because it, see, it feels like, and, and obviously the winners bear it out, that the Heisman Trophy's been a quarterback award for a, a number of years. Um, I think it was um, Derrick Henry was the last running back yeah. to win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, and by the way, uh, thoughts and prayers to the Tennessee oh, Titans. Man. That hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Shoot, they've, they've been they've been on a roll too. Yeah, and it's disappointing because he was on pace to break a lot of records. Yeah. Now, whether he did it or not, we'll never know, and that's the shame of it. But um, last running back to to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, how important? And he was obviously on a very good Alabama team. Yeah. How important is it for Michigan State to continue to win to add to? the resume of Kenneth Walker. And I, and I say that because, obviously, you've got Bryce Young down in Alabama, quarterback who's having a really good year. Yep. He's playing for Alabama. 
Yeah. Um, you've got some other guys. You know, I mean, you could throw Kenny Pickett in there from yeah. Pitt. Even, you know. CJ, even CJ Stroud from Ohio State has really come on the last couple of weeks. I don't think he's going to be in that conversation. Well, he's not in that conversation yet. No. But four more big games from him. I think he's got four games in a row now with over four touchdown passes and no interceptions. He's playing good football as well. But if Kenneth Walker goes and plays Ohio State and he gets oh, 175 yards, yeah. but Michigan State loses the game, or he does the same thing against Penn State, and they were to lose the game. Now, I think if he does it against Penn State, there's no way they're losing. But yeah. if that happens, how much does that affect the individual? Oh, I'm sure it does a lot. I'm sure it does a lot, yeah. A lot of those individual awards are based on Should uh, it? team success. Um, maybe a small part. Yeah, I don't think it maybe as much as it necessarily does. Um, usually you take the best player from the best team, and that's your guy. I don't know if I agree with that because Michigan State's got some nice players too. I don't think Peyton Thorne is an elite quarterback. They've got some nice receivers, but yep. when you're carrying the team almost single-handedly, when <laughs> you're responsible like that, for every touchdown, yeah. five touchdowns <laughs> against you, a rival, yeah. against a top-ten opponent, I mean, that's carrying your squad, and yep. that's what he's been doing. Uh, for the most part of the season, minus you know the, a couple couple games, game against Nebraska, you could say he still had sixty yards. Uh, well, he wasn't a complete bum, but um, yeah, I think unfortunately, if Michigan State does happen to lose, uh, now if they lose one game and you know they're in the Big Ten championship, or maybe Ohio State's in the Big Ten championship, Michigan State gets a chance to go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I, I think that that's uh, that resume is probably enough. If he continues to have the success he did against Michigan, um, but yeah, unfortunately, it, it's that award you don't see it go to a lot of guys or or players that are on, that, on four that, and, that are, and that four and eight teams that aren't in the playoffs yeah. or aren't in a big time college bowl game. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, it's we're both Michigan. Obviously, a Michigan guy. I'm a Michigan fan. You know, it's it's hard sometimes to compliment the the rival but um it's 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 hard not to it's hard not to be impressed with what he's done and it'll be exciting to watch how he finishes as well that's going to be equally as important as everything he's done to this point it will be and the first college football playoff committee rankings come out tonight uh tuesday the first tuesday in november and i'm curious I'm curious how they're going to see things because you've got some storylines. You, you, you've obviously got a whole bunch of teams with one loss. Yeah. You've got you know you've got a whole bunch of teams um, right now that are are you know bunched up in there and, and a bunch of question marks because you got the Cincinnati in there. Yeah. Um, you know you've got Georgia who I think is is the unquestioned number one. But after that, where they are and where they start. I think will be interesting to see what the, the what the playoff committee will will do in your in your rankings. Where do you have the top six? Well, obviously Georgia won, um, and I'm basing this off of who I think the best teams are. I'm not right. basing this off of not who what the committee's going to do. Yeah, who beat who a couple months ago, or you know, you're going five weeks ago. Test. I'm just best teams that I think, and I think it's Georgia one. I think it's Alabama two. I'd probably put Oklahoma three. 
Um, I know they've had a couple scares, but this past week against Texas Tech, I mean, they kind of seem to be back to Caleb Williams is legit. He's Caleb Williams, freshman quarterback, man. I mean, he comes in, takes over for Ritter, and I know they had a scare against Kansas, and they've they've had a couple other, eh, you know, not super impressive wins, but just the eye test. I think they beat the teams below them. And here's where it gets tricky when you get into four, five, and six because you have uh, you have Cincinnati who's undefeated who beat Notre Dame. You mm-hmm. have one loss Notre Dame. You have obviously undefeated Michigan State and Ohio State. I think that kind of wraps up. And, and maybe we could throw Oregon in there as well. I know they it, you can't discredit completely their win against Ohio State. I know it came early in the season. Um, but what I've seen from them offensively the last couple weeks just hasn't been impressive. Yeah, uh, I know they have Thibodeau, who is an outstanding edge rusher, and hopefully he's in Detroit for many years yes. to come. Well, um, I think they'll be they'll be able to make that decision. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to do everything they can to earn that one spot. They're, they're going to have a chance. I think, man, I'm going to catch slack for it. I think I'd have to put probably Ohio State four because I think that right now they're better. I think if Michigan State and Ohio State, we're obviously going to get beat, beat yeah. uh, we're going to see in a couple weeks, but those two teams play right now. I like Ohio State better, as much as that hurts to say. <laughs> it's brutal. Um, and then I'd probably put Michigan State right behind them, and I'd finish with, uh, I mean, you feel bad leaving Cincinnati out, don't you? I mean, they're <laughs> Felix undefeated. don't play a part in this. I mean, they're undefeated. This is football. I don't know. I, You're I've, such a softy. I've got to put them over Notre Dame, not only because they beat Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's offense is just not impressive. Yeah, I agree. They, they're just not impressive. And and both of those teams are probably going to win out because mm-hmm. uh, they have a bunch of nobodies left on their schedule, and they're going to be sitting there probably one of the, I don't know, maybe one of them makes the college football playoff when it's all said and done. Maybe they don't. One of those teams is going to be sitting on the outside looking in. It's probably either undefeated or a one-loss team, you know, complaining yeah. like they normally do. But those are the top six teams – and I don't think right now that anybody's beaten – put it this way, SEC championship game, Georgia-Alabama, assuming that's how it's going to play out, whoever loses that game is probably – they're probably still number one and number two. Mm-hmm. So both of those teams are probably going to be in the playoff at the end of the year. They're yep. going to be in the in the, in the big game. Um, and it's really just – it's going to be interesting to see how the Big Ten shakes up. I mean, you can have – uh, I think they're going to have a team in there. If I had to guess, I'd probably say Ohio State. That's why I ranked them as four. Yeah, uh, I th- I just think Michigan and Michigan State are going to have a tough time just defending what they provide offensively. Yeah, um, and you know Oklahoma. I mean Oklahoma. You they're just such a confusing team. I mean, <laughs> they had a rough one against TCU, a rough one against Texas. They had to score with in the last minute, a rough yeah. one against Kansas where you're 38-point favorites. Um, but they've got Baylor, Iowa State, and then Oklahoma State. So they've still got a chance to you – know, they, they play a couple top 15-ranked teams. But just the eye test, that, that's probably my top six where we sit today after eight games of college football season. My concern is Oklahoma. Because, and and the team that we're not talking about, nobody's talking about right now, is the undefeated team in in the ACC, Wake Forest. Yep, it is. I mean, and they're not, they're going to go through the entire season now. Maybe Clemson at the end of the season. I think they play them the second to the last week of the season. Maybe Clemson is ranked twenty four, twenty five at that time. But 
if not, they're going to go the entire season not playing a ranked opponent. And that's that's ultimately what what is going to hurt them. And that's yeah, and that's a power 5 yeah. uh conference. Um, they're probably so, still looking at a nice bowl game, but they're not anywhere close to being able to compete with those other top 6 top 8 teams. Right. I mean, you let up 56 points to Army. Imagine what Ohio State oh, or Michigan and Michigan State would do to you. Well, and, and just think about that, too. I think I don't remember the exact number, but I think Wake Forest only had the ball for like 17 minutes. Yeah, it was incredible. They, they had, scored 70 I think, points? 70 points off of like 45 plays. It's unreal. Unreal. But, but their what defense also let up, you know, a ton of points as well. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a nice squad. They're obviously having an incredible season, especially for what they've been. Um, which is pretty much a terrible football team. <laughs> yes. Um, so they're having a nice squad, but, I, I mean, they're not even close to – I don't even think they're anywhere close to being in the conversation of the playoff, playoff no. teams at this point. Now, for my top six, it's a little bit different because I've I've gone through this over and over, and Oklahoma's the team I, I, I'm dying to leave out because I don't trust them. I just don't. Spencer Rattler went in there and totally <laughs> to bed this year. Um, you know, he'll be in the transfer portal. He'll be somewhere else next year. Caleb Williams has come in, and they're a completely different team. Yeah. So do you discount the ineffectiveness of their offense when Spencer Rattler was in there, but they were able to get wins? Now how much do you trust a freshman at quarterback? Uh, my number one overall, which is, you know, no secret, it's everybody's right now, it's Georgia. Number two, I've got Alabama, and mm-hmm. some of this I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going through the playoff committee's criteria, and I use a little bit of eye test. I use some stats. I use the schedule. I use a bunch of different stuff. And at number three, um, I actually put Michigan State. Um, the win that they had, the ability to come back, the 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 ability to score. We've seen through seven weeks that they've got big play potential. They can score in a heartbeat, but they also have proven that they have the ability to hand the ball off, pound the ball, and move down the field. So I'm going to put Michigan State at three. My number four, and I'm doing this because they're undefeated, is Oklahoma. Mm. I just and, – and and I'll tell you why in just a second. I think this all sorts itself out. Number five, I've got Oregon, and at number six, I've got Ohio State, simply because Oregon beat Ohio State. Right. Um, if I was to go to seven, that's probably where I put Cincinnati. And I think there is there it, it as we talk about Cincinnati, I don't think you can it's hard to value their schedule because when you think about Michigan State and and Ohio State, even when you think about Alabama, Georgia, they're at risk every week. Not not every week, but almost every week of playing a team that if they don't bring it, they could lose. Yeah, Cincinnati's playing a schedule that, other than the win against Notre Dame, and we thought at the beginning of the year, you know, playing Indiana was going to be a big matchup, ended up not being that big. Mm-hmm. They're not really at risk of losing games because they're just simply better than everybody else and they get on to, their schedule. And they re- really get to go these last four weeks almost cruise control. Right, yep. teams in the SEC, teams in the Big Ten, you've got massive games coming up. I mean, these are almost playoff games for all of those teams. And then you look at Cincinnati, Tulsa, USC, or I'm sorry, USF, South Florida, 
SMU and, and Eastern Carolina. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll, I mean, you're and not you saying a cakewalk. Of, anything can happen, but that is a completely different road than Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, mm-hmm. Michigan State, Ohio State. That is a completely different road. Well, and the reason I put Oklahoma in there is because I, I think that's going to sort itself out. They keep flying close to the sun. They've got to play Iowa State, and Iowa State's not having a great year, but it's still a bigger risk than Tulsa is to Cincinnati or anybody. I mean, SMU a few weeks ago, people were thinking, well, that could be a test for Cincinnati. And and now that's kind of faded. So I also think in terms of Michigan State being at number three right now, and I've got Ohio State at six, that as well is going to sort itself out because they play each other. Yeah, Oregon, I think that'll sort itself out. If they're able to run the table, they're able to win uh, the Pac-12, I think they've done enough to be in over – and you know, in, in, in American conference, um, you know, undefeated uh, that wins their conference because yeah. we've seen it before. Oregon, what was it, 2019? I think it was. Um, Oregon lost to ASU, and it was a game where you just you, you didn't think going in that there was any way Oregon could lose that game. Yet I talk about the risk every time of when you're playing in a Power Five conference. You're just playing against better competition. Even the bad teams are better competition than you're seeing in some in in the the group of five conferences. Yeah, and Oregon's schedule this year has been not great. I mean, week two they take down Ohio State. I think if though the only reason I ranked Ohio State ahead of them is because I think if they play today, yeah, I think it's a completely different game. Um, I just do. I mean, C.J. Stroud is coming into his own week two. I mean, there was a second start ever. Mm-hmm. I think if they play again, Ohio State's the better team. But you're right. Oregon's probably going to run the table. Uh, they have to go to Washington this week, night game. I mean, <laughs> yep. I don't know. We got to see Washington earlier this, this year and uh, up close and personal. And not going to be a great test. Nothing impressive there. No. Um, but the one game for them that I could say maybe is Utah. And I know Utah, this isn't the Utah of old, but – this is more of like the Pac-10 is just kind of Pac, – what are they, Pac-12 now? I don't know. Yeah, Pac-12. Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, they've been super disappointing the last couple of years, haven't well, they? Well, yeah, I mean, they haven't <laughs> been to college football playoffs in four years. I mean, uh, but how do you – do you rank let, – well, let's put it this way. Do you rank – because really Oregon and Cincinnati are kind of in the same boat in my mind where they have one nice win. What do you rank higher, Oregon's win against Ohio State or Cincinnati's win over Notre Dame? Oregon's win against Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, I on the road, it was, it was more impressive. They're probably going to win out, Or speaking of Oregon. Um, yeah. I just don't know if they're – I don't know if they can beat – I don't know if they played any of these teams right now that I had in my top four if they could win. Oregon? Yeah. I, I, I don't – I'm not going to argue that at all, um, except for the fact that you know, one of the guys that that is back and playing at a high level and can change the course of a game is Thibodeau. Yeah. Um, yeah he's impressive. He is impressive. And the Detroit Lions are doing their damnedest. Watch it. They were up close and personal a couple <laughs> yeah. weeks ago out in, uh, out UCLA. in L.A. And, yeah, yeah, got to the UCLA-Oregon game and a couple nice sacks. I mean, he's, uh, he's a nice player. But you're right. I mean, if they're – that's really the one player you look at Oregon and say – Okay, if he carries them, yeah, maybe. But, um, but I kind of put them in the same conversation as Cincinnati, where they're not really going to be tested much the last no, four or five weeks. I you know? still think that Power Five competition 
Trump's group of five competition week in, week out, because there's no pressure on Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah they can they can say there's pressure on them because they're trying to win by a certain margin to to impress the playoff committee, but there's no pressure of losing those games. Yeah. I mean, any we both know anything can happen when you take the football field, um, and we've seen stranger things happen. But I, I just don't think that Cincinnati um, there there is something to be said for having to get up to play an opponent that you know you're better than but could beat you. Right. And and Cincinnati just doesn't have to prepare that way. Yeah. No, I mean it's they don't have that risk. Let me um, ask you let me ask you this question. I know you ranked Michigan State ahead of Ohio State. Um I, I simply did that because they haven't lost yet. Right. Yeah. And I get that. Uh I ranked I I flip flopped it only because I think Ohio State wins that game. Yeah. Um, that's why I think Ohio State was better. But let me ask you this question. <laughs> Let, oh let's just say Michigan's out of it, okay? Let's say Michigan, okay. you know, lose. Okay, we'll, we'll take them off the map. We'll, we'll take Michigan off, off the map. Would you rather have Michigan State or Ohio State representing, <sighs> representing the, the West in the Big Ten? Would you rather have, would you rather have representing Michigan Representing the West? Would you rather have Michigan State or Ohio State, I guess, win one of the, if you could pick one of those teams to go to the fo- college football playoff, who would you rather see as a Michigan man? Who would you rather see? I'd rather is see your hatred more towards. Oh, my hatred is one hundred percent more than, more than, than Ohio State? State. Yeah, you know, screw those guys. Would you rather? Um, so you 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 would rather see Michigan State? I'd rather see Michigan State. I'd rather keep it in the state of Michigan, yeah. even though it's going to hurt, and I'm going to have to listen to this crap all year long yeah. about. You know, hey, their their second trip to the college football playoffs. Michigan hasn't been there. Yeah. The, you know, Big Ten championship. Because let's face it, I mean, to to get to the college football playoffs, they're going to have to win the Big Ten championship. Yeah, um, Michigan hasn't won one in seventeen years. Yeah. So again, that's another thing that I'm just going to have to listen to all that crap. Um, but I would much rather see the demise of Ohio, Ohio State. State. So this this year is going to be different though because. Put Michigan back into the fold if they want. Oh, a chance. you took them off the map, right? No, no, no. And I'm saying now, put them back in the, put them okay. back in the, put them okay. back in the in the mix. Now, you're essentially, and this is all for Michigan, for all Michigan fans. We're essentially Michigan has to win out. I think we know yeah. that to have a chance. They, they, their playoff started have, now. You also have to have Ohio State beat Michigan State if you want that three way tie, or if yeah, I don't think Ohio State loses. They have a chance to lose to maybe one of the Michigan teams. They're not going to lose both of those, right? So there's a good chance. I mean, and I know it comes down to Michigan winning out. They've got to do their job, but you have to you have that. to you have to have Ohio State beat Michigan State, right? Which happens. And you in might a couple have to weeks. have Michigan State lose another one in there too. Which I don't know is going to happen. Well, but if you talk about that, you know, the only glimpse that Michigan fans have now is to win out. Right, obviously, this this last game against Michigan State was kind of felt like same old Harbaugh, right? It's what yeah. we've seen for you know six years now. But with that being said, they still have a chance. So in they're your, still a really good football team. They they have Ohio State at home. The, They've the, got a chance to win out. The the <laughs> the paradox will be the week before Michigan and Ohio State play, because I believe that's when Ohio State and Michigan State State play. play. Yeah, which is at Columbus. Right. And so in that game, for if Michigan continues to handle their business and they beat um, Indiana this coming week. Yep. And you're at Penn State. At Penn State, they get a win. Yep. 
All right, now I'm thinking at Maryland. All right, so and I'm thinking that's a win. All right, so it's going to come down to Michigan and Ohio State, but I'm going to need Ohio State to win to beat Michigan State. Yeah, this is very confusing. Um, so in that game, in the scenario, in that scenario, if if Ohio State beats Michigan State and then Michigan beats Ohio State. Then there's, I, I think Michigan State's still going to have to lose twice because you, in a three way uh, tie, the tiebreakers go all the way down. And I think Michigan State, I mean, it would, would go still down. Hold. To, there's like, well, we tried to look it up yesterday. Yeah. There's like 14 different tiebreakers. Yeah. We don't have it figured out yet. I mean, it could come down to uh, in division record. I mean, yeah. And then it, it, I think the final one is when the regular season is over. Who is the higher ranked, um, you know, in the college football playoff I, I committee? I think that's what it was, and yeah. I think that helps Michigan losing earlier. If Michigan wins the next couple weeks, whoever loses that Michigan State Ohio State battle is probably going to drop below Michigan in that college football ranking. So what? What and would then if have Michigan wins? Let's say Ohio State beats Michigan State in two weeks from now. Michigan State could easily be seven, and Michigan could bump up to six. And then if Michigan beats Ohio State, who would be ranked ahead of them, there's no way you can can leave them behind Ohio State. So that's where I think the benefit for Michigan losing – I mean, this is – listen, this is a tough road. They still got to beat – they still got to go to Penn State. They still got four games left. I mean, if if they want to prove to me that they're a new Michigan team and Harbaugh is a new coach – this is the time to do it because this is a time in every other season where we've seen him finish eight and four. We've seen him finish nine and three. You lose a couple games. You lose to Maryland, a game you yep. should never lose. This is where they need to prove they're different. And I think they can. They're still a really good football team. Like we said, they didn't get slaughtered by Michigan State. They're yep. not frauds. Um, but this is where I think losing early, you'd rather lose now to Michigan State and still go beat Penn State, still go beat Ohio State than be ranked two or three playing against Ohio State and lose because yeah. now you got no chance. So there's still I think there I think that's the roadmap for Michigan. If when we're if we're talking just optimistically and probably hypothetically, but losing now allows them to hopefully win out. Yeah, and jump Michigan State, Ohio State in the uh, last couple weeks. When it comes down to it, it just sucks to lose to Michigan State. It does. It just does. But, you know. It just does. But it happened, and now that's, it happened, uh, and that's the bed we made. It's the one we got to stay in yeah. until uh, until we change our own destiny. Yeah. This um, is the year they need to do it, though. I mean, this is the year I think that's so, important that, okay, if you want to show us you're different, you, you got it. This is the time to do it. It's interesting you say that because I, I, I think this is a year they can do it. But when you look at what Michigan has, you know, and, and we're looking way too far down the road, but when you look at the possibilities of what Michigan has next year with the thought that J.J. McCarthy eventually takes over that quarterback position and you've got, you found Andrell Anthony as a big play threat, a big receiver that you can rely upon. You get Ronnie Bell back. You're going to have Blake Corum. You're going to have Donovan Edwards another year older. You're going to have some of these things offensively. Now, defensively, all right, that's where it becomes somewhat of, of, of a question because you've got 
R.J. Moten, who you know is a freshman in the secondary, who's, who had the interception early on, is mm-hmm. playing well. Um, you're going to have some guys back. You probably lose Dax Hill to the NFL. You're going to lose Aiden Hutchinson to the NFL. How does that change the defense? What are they going to have coming back defensively? Um, but next year, they could be a better team. So I think this year or next is the year that, that they need to take a major step forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a team that has not taken a major step forward is the one that, that you have to cover on, on a daily basis, <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a Sunday by Sunday basis, um, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, uh, I know Sunday was Halloween. First of all, what did the kids dress up as for Halloween? Uh, my oldest was very generic football player. Okay. Uh, my youngest son was <laughs> shocker. Uh, what was he? Was Spider Man. Okay. Um, and then my daughter changed literally like last minute. She had she was supposed to be Belle, uh, uh, you know the, the Disney character and. So they learned uh, the fashionably oh, late. Man, what is Belle? Belle is Beast. Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Beast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she had a meltdown and changed her mind and wanted to go as a cat. So we pretty much just dressed her in all black and <laughs> gave her some whiskers. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> but uh, man, I've never seen with so much candy on my on my couch before in my in my in my uh, counter. I mean, what, what'd you pick out? I'm a Reese's guy. I'm a Reese's guy. Frozen okay, or regular Reese, Reese's or it's, Reese's? It's Reese's. See, I said, I've always Reese's, been a Reese's. Reese's is he'd yeah, never be able yeah. to. You'd never be able to cover the Senior yeah, it's Bowl a conversation for another day. But, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm. You know what? And honestly, I'm not a big chocolate guy. Yeah, I'm not. But the combination, uh, the combination, like, and usually I'm not a big chocolate mixed with peanut butter guy. I mean, I'm not a chocolate ice cream fan, but not peanut butter, you know, cake, really? ice cream. You don't like chocolate ice cream? No, I don't know, man. No it's chocolate just, cake? Dude, no. I'm a vanilla guy, wow. strawberry guy. Uh, but when it comes to the Reese's, you're ginger. I, I, I just, listen, I've always been this way. It's why it allows me to keep this slim physique. Right. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. I can't say no to, yeah, to no, any I'm ice just, cream. I don't know. I've just never been a big chocolate guy, but the Reese's are uh, probably, probably eh, maybe 1A, and I'd say Almond Joy is probably 1B for me. Oh, see, Almond Joy. See, now you're talking. I love coconut, yeah. but I, I would prefer the mounds. Okay, I'm a, uh, yeah. I'm a no nut guy. Uh, I'm a yeah, I'm a nut guy, big nut guy, <laughs> big nut fan. So, <laughs> big, big nut fan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We'll leave that there. Uh, we'll drop that one in uh, at, at some point. I but didn't, I didn't see a lot of costumes at Ford Field uh, Sunday either. Kind of disappointing. Yeah, there were some paper bags unless, over heads, but that's yeah, kind of general. Most people were dressed up as sad Lions fans, maybe. That was that was maybe half sad Lions fans, the other half optimistic Lions fans. Yeah. <laughs> that was about it. And I guess I'm not really sure how much we even want to talk about the Lions right yeah. now because it's this it's a broken record. It um, is. And it's what, the bye week is I mean came at a perfect it's time. Coming at a good time. Those guys you can tell with Campbell players, I'm sure everybody's not only physically beat up this time of year, but mentally, it's just it's a good time to hit the reset button and kind of reflect on the first eight games, uh, look in the mirror, figure it out. Because I mean, you still got a long stretch to close this thing out. You got nine in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the bye week is coming at a good time for a team that. Uh, it's just it the season's been a struggle to stay to say the least i think it's a good time for those guys to kind of reset well and and it and it comes at a time too i always felt like those thursday games obviously they're going to play on thanksgiving in a few weeks 
that was almost like another bye week. Yeah, so they've got this bye week. Long weekend. They play the Steelers. They play the Browns both on the road. And then they got the Bears at home, which I think th- th- that game could be their next best chance to get a win, which I think would be amazing on Thanksgiving. But then you've got that long weekend, so it's almost, as a player, feels like another bye week. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I hated Thursday games until I came to Detroit. That Thanksgiving Day game was awesome. Oh, 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 <laughs> you play at 1230, you're done. Uh-huh. Usually the long weekend to follow. Yeah, see you um, Monday. But going on the road on Thursday night, man, oh, it's so brutal to play in, uh, especially as a veteran guy, but... When you get that long weekend, oh, you're yeah. right. I mean, it feels like a little mini buy. And uh-huh. uh, what do the lines come back and have? Uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and then who's the Thanksgiving Day game? The Bears. The Bears. So that's your next three yeah. coming out of the buy. I mean, honestly, John, I don't. Now, if they show up and play the way they played against Philly, they're they're not they're going to get their ass whooped by everybody. Oh, and seven. But if you come out and see a team we saw against L.A., uh, Baltimore, Minnesota. I mean, there's a chance in that three-game stretch that you can find one. Maybe you can find two. Pittsburgh, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, I mean. Yeah, they're playing better. They're a 500 team. They've been better. I mean, they scored, what, 15 to 10 against Cleveland, who Mm -hmm. has been a disappointment. Both those games are on the road. Um, And then, you know, I said something early in the season, kind of predictions. I thought they were going to split with the Chicago team. I mean, Chicago, I know they – Kind of played tough against San Fran for a little bit, but they're what, not impressive. I mean, I, I think those next three games, it, you, I don't know which opponent it's going to be. Maybe Pittsburgh, um, just because they've been just so unreliable this mm-hmm. year. Maybe you can go in there and surprise some people. It'll be interesting to see what that spread is. Because yeah, I know they're Pittsburgh, a lot of people's mind, Pittsburgh isn't. Well, they're not uh, your traditional playoff Pittsburgh. team. They're not a yeah. They're not a traditional Pittsburgh squad. They still have got a solid defense, but mm-hmm. offensively, uh, they've been they've been pretty atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> well, with the bye week um, as a player, um, and now this, and now that, that you're on this side of things, obviously there's no travel this weekend. There's no game this weekend. What are yeah. you doing? Man, I don't have much pl- many plans this week. It's nice to uh, it'll be nice to sit down and. And drink some beers on a Sunday. Just watch kind of the red zone and and find what other games are going on out there. Uh, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing I've missed this this year working. Yeah, is that uh, you don't get a chance to really keep track of what what else is going around uh, uh, the league. Because mm-hmm. um, you don't see it. Yeah, you don't see it. I usually just you know you're checking the scoreboard for out of town scores or. You know, checking the fantasy lineup, who's doing well, but you get to miss a lot of that. I, I, that'll be nice to kind of catch up and and just sit on the couch and 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 watch uh, watch those one o'clock games, not have to travel. Um, but as a player, I mean, man, it was it, it was. I, I used to tell people when the schedule came out in the off season, the first really two things you look really the only two things I used to look at were when are our primetime games. And when is the bye week? Because as a player, yeah, you always wanted that bye week to sit around week nine, week ten, because you're fresh, right? You're coming out of the season, you're coming out of training camp, you're fresh. Okay, let's yeah. go knock eight, nine, ten of these things out. Then we get a break. Then we get to go on a six game stretch fresh, right? You hated when they like week four, week five yeah. bye weeks. You're like, oh, are you kidding me? Christ, yeah. man! You're like, <laughs> go play three, four games, and then go. You have to finish with twelve, thirteen. Now, yeah. I mean, that was brutal. So that was the first thing I was used to look at as a player: is when's that bye week? Mm-hmm. Um, and playing in Green Bay, uh, you know, you, you, Coach McCarthy was always 
pretty aware of the fact that we not only did we have pretty good teams, um, but he would, you know, he, he understood most of the guys had families and he'd want to yeah. kind of get you out of the building. And, you know, we, I think we, shoot, there were a couple of years we'd come in on Monday, watch the film, do a little jog through stretch workout. And we were, we were gone, you know, and then you're the, back for the week. Yeah. You're gone for the week. And then you come back in, uh, you know, everybody back in town Sunday afternoon and then start up again Monday. Um, but I've also been a part of teams with, uh, yes. a certain coach here in Detroit where, <laughs> you know, you're working till Friday you know, practices every single day during the bye week, and then you get yeah. Saturday, Sunday off, and then you're right back. I mean, it wasn't really much of a bye week. Yeah. Uh, but living in Detroit, I mean, I was never a vacation guy. Yeah. Uh, I was never a guy, hey, let's get, get out of town for a couple of days. Let's go here for a couple of days. I know there are some guys like that, but I was never one of those guys because you're still in the season, right? You're yeah. still in work mode. It's just you, you go to rest mode. You don't go to vacation mode completely and – and go party and go jeopardize anything that's going right. to uh, risk anything that's going to jeopardize the rest of your season. Mm-hmm. Um, See, the beautiful thing in Washington was I would look at two things. Um, I would look at our away schedule um, and find out, okay, we, we got Tampa, all right, uh, because at that time there was no Flemings here, so it was the only place I could go to Flemings. Yeah. It was a restaurant. So, <laughs> are we going to Can- Kansas City? Where can I go get some uh, oh, yeah. some barbecue? Uh, oh, yeah. we're playing in Houston? All right. I get to go get myself a, a great steak. Yeah. I would look at some of those things, and then I would also, same thing, look at the bye week, and I would I would look and say, okay, is it during bow season? Is it during rifle season? There you go. Because yep. the tags, um, when I was in, in Virginia – you could get, you know, two doe tags a day. Um, and it was Corey Raymer, Casey Robach, uh, and some of the guys, Brunel, who's who's with the with the Lions now as a quarterback coach, we would basically it was, you know, open up the the gun chest or bring out the bow and for, you know, five days, how how much could we fill the freezer? Yeah. And oh, yeah. it was that's that's the thing I miss right now doing um the Michigan games is our bye week was last week, and I didn't get a chance to do any bow hunting, bow, so yeah. I won't do it now until probably December. Um, and maybe I can get uh, some farmers, some local farmers, to get a crop damage permit yeah, and, uh, and open up fire. Yeah. But uh, that well, was that was our bye week. One thing we used to look at, too, when the schedule came out um, was turf games. Where turf are we guys. playing that has turf? Because offensive so you, linemen do not like turf. And, I man, we had one season – did you you always played on field turf? turf. Game. Yeah, but you only played on field turf, right? You didn't play on the old turf. You're that young. No, oh no. Well, you know, I, I never played on the Silverdome. Yeah, except mm-hmm. when I, I was in high school, we played on the. You know, we played the Silverdome a couple games, and yeah, a whole bunch of guys had infections. That's a different story. <laughs> yeah. from the field. Um, but no, the, the turf yeah. games. We'll just, just say it was from the turf. You know, the big guys. It's just different on your body, and yes. um, you know, so that was one thing we used to look at as well. But yeah. I'm excited. It's a bye week. I mean, these guys need it. You know, I think Campbell is uh, hes still a guy that, you know, I think the team believes in. He's saying all the right things. Um, he told Stoney and I earlier, It was I asked him of the over-under on beers this weekend. He said it was going to be between 1 and 30. Yeah, oh yeah, could I'm, be one, could be thirty. Yeah, we'll see how the week plays <laughs> yeah. out. I think it's going to be closer to thirty. <laughs> I think it'll be closer <laughs> to thirty plus. Yeah, I'll take I'll take uh, the over on one. That's yeah. for sure. But he, you know what? I mean, it's been a tough start to his his uh, his uh, coaching uh, career. Um, but you know what? I think the encouraging thing is that um, it still feels like he's the right guy for the job. Yeah, and he says all the right things. He's not going to say what we all know. That he's not going to say. 
But guys, we just we don't have, have no talent. talent. He's not no. going to say that because then guys in the locker room are starting to look around saying, well, is he talking about me? You know, well, F this guy, you know, was he, t- you know, you can't say that. Um, but you know what? I mean, shoot, it's coming at a good time, especially after a loss like that against Philly, uh, to just kind of hit the reset button, Clear regroup, do mm-hmm. some self scouting, figure out what you're doing well, what you're not doing well. And, you know, it's up to the coaches to kind of turn this thing around. And I think they've got the right people. I really do. All right. Well, we're going to be back. Uh, even though there's no Lions game, we'll be back because we're going to do this uh, even through the offseason. And uh, on Necessary Roughness, he's Lang. I'm Jansen. We'll talk to you next week.